Welcome to Media Copilot. I'm John Biggs. And today on the show, we have Victor Spock. He's an old friend and a developer that I've worked with over the years uh, from Visible Magic. And most recently, he and I have been exploring uh, the technology of AI. Welcome, Victor. Hi, John. Happy to be there. Yeah. So, look, the first I want you to tell us a little bit about what you've been working on specifically in terms of the AI so, uh, technology associated with this. And then let's talk a little bit about all the questions that we always get, which is, can I install this on my own computer? Can I get my boss's voice uh, piped into my brain? That kind of thing. Uh, what is like a pipe dream and what is actually feasible right now? So why don't you talk to us a little bit about Visible Magic and what you guys are working on? Okay, so at Visible Magic, we work with uh, technology what is, uh, in broader terms, we were focused on uh, Web3 and blockchain applications. And uh, during the 2023, we started to uh, lean to include uh, AI angle into the uh, products we develop in and works on. So um, we work on different things and AI is one of the major focus right now because uh, there are a lot of interest in this area. Okay. So, uh, so in theory, the biggest question we always get is, can I train a model by myself and run it on my own server? So I don't have any of the issues associated, or I mean, I guess the, the perceived issues associated with using a large language model that someone else is hosting. Uh, everybody's worried that OpenAI is going to steal my information, right? If I put my if I put my private company information into there, ask it questions, I'm worried it's going to be taken. Microsoft might have a solution. There are a couple of people have a solution, but is there a is there a all-in-one solution that's available right now? Yeah, this is really good question. Like recent publications show show that uh, the data use for training of the large models can be extracted from it. Um, by some degree, and this is very new and interesting angle to exploit those models. Although this is a computationally uh, heavy process by itself, you can definitely train your models uh, or fine tune your models, I would say, uh, up to your data, okay? And uh, it doesn't require you like uh, tens of millions, uh, like the original investment to train uh, really large models there, but it requires some hardware uh, to be able to run this stuff, luckily. And yeah, you can train uh, what uh, do you want to do, but you need uh, quite significant amount of data. It's called corpus. So you need a quite large corpus to uh, train the model what you actually want to. So I think we, we talked about this before, but the idea of a corpus is is what? All my emails, every single document that I wrote, my Google Drive, what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, exactly. So originally um, those large uh, models being trained on uh, completely unstructured data, that like everything which uh, being scraped or companies can get access to. And uh, due to specific nuances of the architecture of these models, uh, they can um, 
predict the next tokens. You know this mm -hmm. very well. And um, in order to uh, fine-tune or optimize without retraining all this stuff uh, and providing significant amount of data, you need to pre-label something to tell the model what exactly you need to do. Like uh, you need a, a like narrow subset of this, tenth uh, of thousand maybe uh, samples, uh, but it can be framed in the way which uh, allows model to uh, be fine-tuned for your specific reasoning. However, um, recent discovery shows that uh, even the fine-tuning is not uh, required because fine-tuning affects the uh, performance of the models. It's also a costly operation, etc. And mm, developers uh, and researchers lean uh, more to the uh, prompting uh, as a vehicle to uh, fine-tune the output of the model on your data. Hmm. Okay, so so they, I, I think what you're talking about specifically is the idea that the AI basically talks to itself, right? Is that is that the uh, is that the idea there? Sort of like self-generation? Not exactly. So without um, so in, with fine-tuning, you you know you train the model. Mm -hmm. and embed uh, some portions, uh, some blocks inside these uh, layers, which uh, affect the way the result appears in your uh, output. But this is the prompt generation. So you uh, can com compress all your corpus, all your data, training data set, in the way uh, which can be fit into the prompt you give into the uh, model itself. And after this operation, um, model uh, do not need uh, heavy training. Uh, it's uh, way faster to in inference the output. So it generates, uh, you can achieve all, uh, all the same benefits, but without uh, heavy uh, time-consuming tasks to uh, fine-tune the model because fine-tuning requires a uh, quite significant amount of uh, hardware and computational power. Okay. So what is so if I'm a if I'm running a PR agency or if I'm running a uh, newsroom, what should I be doing right now in terms of technology? What should I be investing in? What should I be looking at? Well, uh, first we need to um, see where the uh, most benefits can be generated by utilizing these uh, AI models. Mm -hmm. um, if you have some repetitive process and if you have some information which you can employ on this, you can use them. Uh, the applications, um, I, I cannot say it's okay. Really, but <laughs> Apparently, apparently it's apparently limitless. Everything. Well, it's putting a lot of journalists out of work. So, uh, so apparently it's doing something. Well, not exactly, but it really helps. So, the benefits of this stuff is um, McKinsey probably is. I do remember about this. They issued a report about um, how the overall performance of the workforce being affected by these models. Mm -hmm. Okay by utilizing the AI in the work, in real work. So um, the lower, uh, the least perform, uh, performing 
um, percentile of employees became more productive. Okay, so like junior position or something, uh, they skip over there mm -hmm. and they became much more productive with uh, utilizing these uh, AI tools on the work, like being this uh, GitHub copilot or something specific for a job or something like this. But it uh, really uh, affect low, uh, has low effect on uh, top type of okay. uh, employees. So it means that it allows you to do much more work at the same amount of time mm -hmm. with uh, less skilled people uh, like, like before. Interesting. So basically we're talking, I mean, I think that was the, uh, the CTO of Microsoft. He basically pointed that out, the idea that um, manufacturers in the Midwest, in the heartland, right, and any manufacturing jobs, they went away, but those people had to reskill. But this kind of makes reskilling faster and better, right? Something like that. Exactly. So I think uh, what we do not uh, see right now, but it's like around the corner, um, this advancement in AI and uh, you know the interface we talk with computers, etc., uh, they be, will be much more important on uh, during the road, like in in five years. Can mm -hmm. I see? And we should see the huge improvements in ro uh, robotics. So that's going to be huge, and people uh, already uh, working very hard on this. Um, we just, um, like that's going to be a real problem. Okay. Not the, uh, not the, not the itself, <laughs> not the knowledge workers. Are, are you worried as a developer about your job or are you guys using it that well, that much? Well, this is pretty interesting question. Okay. Mm -hmm. We do use this stuff, uh, and, uh, we do explore the possibilities to like every, day routine in our operations to, I don't know, from using like consumers to summarize videos, some reports, wherever it is, uh, to search operations, to code comprehensions when we type. Uh, GitHub Copilot is very useful thing. ChatGPT is super useful. So it allows to save and be uh, much more productive and save a lot of time, uh, which we need. In broader terms, the industry and software development industry, it's, you know, it's all about people. It's mm -hmm. uh, uh, customers, developers, etc. So I don't think it's going to be a uh, one-man shop which can do, large mo do and support large models. Uh, I mean, large software. Mm -hmm as uh, it's all a communication issue. So uh, software development is all about communication and writing down some instructions. Okay. So that's an interesting point. You're talking, you're saying that the the base level stuff, the the stuff that I would use GPT for, like say like, oh, okay, like I need a, I don't know, I need a program that's going to tweet, auto tweet a RSS feed like for me. And I wrote that a couple years ago by myself. And I kind of did it. I kind of did it with some, some stack overflow. I did it with just figuring things out. And now all I have to do is just ask it and it just pops out. So I have, I have the baseline knowledge of a fairly skilled script kitty slash sys Linux sysadmin, I suppose, like at my fingertips. So that allows me to build 
better things, I think. Is that is that what you're trying to say? Yes. So actually, this type of work, uh, which uh, are typical, uh, I mean, which large language models is good at, is the subset of uh, augmented retrieval data. So mm -hmm. the model can infer some thing which uh, is sort of already in the database or like some algorithms forever. But to comprehend the large-scale uh, problem, uh, to create, you know, create a poem. Okay, the uh, ChatGPT can create a poem, mm -hmm. and uh, modern software has a lot of um, uh, a lot of code base. I mean, source code base uh, at the same amount, like a po poem or something like this, like big volume of, of, of data, of code to think around, which is coding algorithm, etc. And this is just not there yet. Mm -hmm. so maybe in the future with uh, like iterations of algorithms and especially the hardware, uh, which is going to be used to do this, it might be possible. Yeah. And um, have you seen the uh, Westworld series? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you remember how the uh, the developers they worked with this? Uh, um, I don't know the tablets or whatever yep. it was like folding tablets. Mm -hmm. So they were designing the semantic and flows of the information. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the way they work and affect this flow process was a little bit different than we used to right now. Because right now we code the instructions. Maybe in 10, 20, 50 years the way we interact with computers is going to be completely different. Mm -hmm. But the problems are going to remain the same. To understand your counterparty, to transform this into like uh, some process, protocols, wherever it is, and transform the inputs and generate the outputs. So um, it doesn't matter which uh, tool you're going to use for this. And by the way, the very good... Um, uh, topic there was that the uh, robot was using this tool to code other robots. That was insane. Like it was super cool. So um, I hope we're gonna be there soon, but probably not there yet. Okay. So bottom line, just to just to summarize, it's possible to build your own LLM for your own office. I guess you could say it's expensive, right? Would you say? And it might be computationally expensive as well. Well, look, uh, to create the model for like real large model, it's uh, for big enterprises, it's super cheap, like up to $10 million. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's super cheap on the scale of the operations. To have the, um, to fine tune something more or less, uh, locally, you need, um, you need to have a process, you need to have knowledge, you need to have some hardware to run this model something like a GPU with 20 gigabytes to, of uh, video memory to fine-tune that stuff. Or, uh, this is what we experimented with, uh, if your uh, workload is enough to, uh, or can be encoded through the uh, prompting uh, or... Uh, through the BAT prompting process, mm -hmm. uh, 
it can be loaded without the fine tuning, and you need uh, less small resources to train the model. Okay. okay. So it's even possible to to run this on your MacBook uh, if you have enough memory. Okay. The performance will not uh, going to be uh, great as much, but have you seen the uh, recent uh, publications about? Uh, it's Gemini Nano. Stable diffusion turbo. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. Turbo. Yeah, I ran that on my I ran that on my own computer. That was fun. That was fun, exactly. Mm-hmm. So bare bones stable diffusion was like unpleasant thing, but turbo mm-hmm. version is pretty much cool. And this in- enhancement is something like a um, couple of months, and mm-hmm. uh, the same architecture being translated into uh, LLM models. So uh, there are some uh, papers uh, which show promising. Uh, insight about that we can uh, optimize our LLM. As a result, we're going to have much uh, cheaper um, resources to run the inference on those models. Mm -hmm. So we can train and uh, fine-tune, I would say, and uh, use them almost in real life. So take a look at the Gemini and different Mm -hmm. versions, Nano, Micro, etc. All right. All right. Well, very cool. So, Victor, uh, what's your website? Uh, our website is visiblemagic.com. Mm-hmm. So, if you need if you need some Web three or AI, we'll go to you, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna need some Web three or AI, please welcome. Yeah. All right. I'm not. I'm not gonna send them to blockchain because we don't believe in blockchain anymore. But it's all AI all the time right now. All AI. Well. Well, (laughs) for now, thank you very much, Victor, Victor Spock, Visible Magic. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.